Greetings. I'm a Christian YouTuber, and at present, I've responded to about 24 atheist YouTubers in a relatively short period of time. I've come to really like most of them and really appreciate the talents and creativity that they have. Specifically, I've come to appreciate the network of roles and cooperation that exist among atheists on YouTube. Now, I don't know if it was intentional or accidental, but atheists take differing and supporting approaches on YouTube, and I've seen Christians do a poor job of responding to them with the gospel because they didn't take notice of those differences. So I set out to categorize the varieties of atheist channels I've seen. And while I don't think you can sum up a whole person with a one-word label, approaches are a little different, and labels can help us there. As far as I can tell, when it comes to categories of atheist YouTube channels, Therefore, and further, though I'm sure my atheist friends won't all be satisfied, I don't think that these ideas or labels are particularly offensive or controversial. But we'll see if I'm right. Here are the four general variations of atheist YouTubers I've discovered. First, the psychologizer. Though evidence may come up, typically it takes a backseat to a more general discussion of the thinking of Christians. Questions that are often addressed are as follows. How did the believer come to believe? To what extent did hell play a role in the conversion of the believer or the retained belief of the believer? Doesn't apologetics really exist so that Christians don't have to feel stupid? And why don't believers find their own faith to be as silly as the faiths of proponents of other religions? But in a nutshell, it's where rather than engaging with somebody where you're arguing, ridiculing, or maybe giving them facts that might close a person down, it's asking them to explain how they arrived at their conclusion. Are there any answers out there? Of course there's answers out there, Tim Barnett. There's answers out there for those doubting Mormons, for the doubting Muslims. There's always answers out there. The, the Christian has to ask themselves, how do I lower my biases? What's the worst that could happen? How can I look at this without being fearful of my parents being disappointed in me or um, me going to hell. Next, the provocateur. Principally, this atheist seeks to undermine belief by characterizing it in shocking, provocative, and sometimes offensive ways. Atheists of this sort are often happy to agree and say things like, why wouldn't I ridicule something that is so obviously ridiculous? This atheist has come to recognize the power of bold, confident, and bombastic statements when it comes to persuasion. And since the Bible is the holy word of God, it cannot be wrong. It says so in the Bible, by God. So obviously God is all powerful. I mean, just look at Jeremiah 1:27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? No, G-Dog, nothing's too hard for you. And guess what? It works. Mockery does bolster the confidence of those considering leaving the church and affirms the assurance of those who already have. Next, the activist. Like the psychologizer, atheists of this sort tend not to focus much on responses to apologetic arguments and evidences. They lend their voices to a broad range of issues related to politics, social acceptance of atheism, common challenges faced by atheists, and questions atheists may face from family and friends once their views are made public. Though arguments and evidences are not the primary focus, they do come up occasionally, but typically in service to one of these other topics. The activists are important to the unbelieving community as they also serve as caregivers of a sort or counselors to those who are dealing with the challenge of leaving religion. I didn't want to hide an intrinsic and integral part of myself anymore because I feared the repercussions that came with those misrepresentations and pronouncements. I didn't want anyone else to have to either. 
I wanted to profess the message that it's okay to be us. We can release the stigma only by existing unapologetically and in the open. Now, I know that there are still so many of us for which that cannot yet be a reality, for whom the cost is still too great, and I'm sorry it's not better yet. And I hope that by adding even just one more of us to the public discourse, it's another step towards shattering the biases people hold that keep so many of us hidden. And lastly, the evidentialist. Evidence is at least the stated and primary concern of these atheists. They focus on responses to more sophisticated apologetic arguments and defend atheistic arguments, or arguments against Christianity specifically. You'll often find them cited by atheists that are in the other three approaches. Allow me to hand things over to none other than Cosmic Skeptic, as I think he could tackle this much more adeptly than I. Thanks, Drew. I want to continue the discussion. Each evidentialist may have underlying areas of interest, such as biblical criticism, the existence of Jesus, the resurrection, arguments from evil, arguments for God's existence and against them, the problems of creationism, or any combination of these. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to respond to some of Dr. William Lane Craig's most popular arguments and assertions, and I'm going to begin with just a few that he's made regarding causation and creation. Like with temperament categories, most atheists will fall into all of these approaches at one time or other, but they do tend to have a primary and a secondary approach. For instance, genetically modified skeptic strikes me as typically an activist. If you're in the closet, that's okay. A lot of us have good reasons for it but I urge you to seek out a community of like-minded people, even just online, to help you cope. But he also occasionally functions as an evidentialist, or at the very least brings an evidentialist in. This is really easy, actually. Again, messages require only an interpreter to exist. If I gave an example of a perceived message existing, but then being shown to be caused by natural forces, would that satisfy this question? It would, right? Pine Creek seems to clearly fall into the category of psychologizer, but he also seems to be comfortable with the idea of being a provocateur. If what I say offends you, maybe consider the plausibility that there's something deficient in you first, that you have doubts, you have weaknesses, you have anxieties, you have fears, and this is why you're feeling this way when I say certain words, when certain sound waves come out of my mouth, it hits your ears and it causes you to react in a certain way. And just like a runner, can get better at running, I think you can get better at working with how you take things. So whenever I hear a Christian say, don't mock, you're weak emotionally, get stronger. <laughs> Why is it important to have these categories in mind? Well, it's helpful for the Christian because we want to ensure that our responses are appropriate to the person with whom we're communicating. When responding to our friend the psychologizer, we should keep in mind that they're challenging the personal motivations and influences of the individual. And of course, that's not really the point. My personal psychology doesn't change the truth. Lovingly, Christians should remind psychologizers that we're interested in the facts of the matter. And keeping that idea in the foreground should be a conscious and intentional effort by the Christian throughout the whole of the discussion. Responding to the provocateur may be the most challenging for some people. And if that's you, maybe you should prayerfully consider whether or not you're the right person to engage with one. Because the Christian might hear shocking, offensive, or even blasphemous statements about their God, they need to be prepared not to respond in kind. It's not that there aren't appropriate moments for stating things flatly and boldly, but in general, a Christian shouldn't be just giving information. But this should be an exercise in love, patience, and humility. 
The approach of the activists demonstrates an overt care for people. This is an area of great commonality between the activist atheist and the Christian. We should emphasize that we appreciate that fact and consider it to be a good thing. The goal here will be to respectfully communicate to the atheist why those virtues find their fullest expression in the Christian worldview rather than a non-Christian one. As pastor and author Tim Keller says, We could call this approach sympathetic accusation, because particularly in the West, many cultural themes have origins in biblical teaching. This is the case even though each one has become distorted enough through intermarriage with anti-Christian beliefs that it can steer its adherents away, sometimes very far away, from the truth. As Canadian philosopher Charles Taylor says, we need to, quote, criticize these practices from the standpoint of their own motivating ideal. Each of the narratives aspire in part to something good, and we must be genuinely appreciative of this. People rightly want to be free. They want justice. They want a truly open and pluralistic society. However, we must show them that only in Christ can these aspirations be rightly fulfilled. Now, the response to the evidentialist might seem the most obvious, but it's a little more complicated than just giving evidences. Believers are called to tear down arguments, but that doesn't mean it's our end goal. We should be more interested in winning souls for Christ. Often, apologists can come off as cold, clinical, and robotic. In fact, this strikes some as arrogant. To give a defense with gentleness and respect isn't the same thing as emotionless and indifferent. We should engage the evidentialist with evidence but also with a friendly attitude and jovial demeanor. And in the end, we should remember that we're talking about YouTube here. Your everyday atheist on the street probably doesn't have a well-defined approach or well-prepared responses. While these ideas may have application elsewhere, remember that they're aimed at channels and approaches. So consider these thoughts prayerfully and try to have better conversations.